Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The title of the lesson tonight is Dispensations or Divisions. I would like you to get 1 Timothy chapter number 6 and Acts chapter number 4. 1 Timothy chapter number 6 and Acts chapter number 4. And as you're turning there and getting your spot in 1 Timothy 6 and Acts 4, I'd like to give the definition of what dispensation means, what it means to dispense. The definition is to just distribute out, to divide out. If you and I are going to dispense something, that means we're going to distribute it. We're going to divide it out. That's the definition. I'd like to show you that biblically. And 1 Timothy chapter number 6, we'll start there. And the Bible says in verse number 18, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. That ready to distribute, that's talking about the saints ready to dispense. You're going to distribute something means you're going to dispense something. You're going to give it out. You're going to divide it out. Uh, let's go to Acts 4. We'll trying to allow the Bible to define the word for us. And in Acts chapter number 4, we see in verse number 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Uh, A brother has a need. A sister has a need. We should dispense to them. We should distribute to them. We should divide out to them. That's a that's a dispensing. That's Acts chapter number four. Um, we'll take the other side of it. We'll take the worldly side. You know what's growing more and more in our uh, culture? The marijuana, the hemp dispensaries. You know, you want to get your medical marijuana. Where do you go? You go to a dispensary. And what does it do? It dispenses out your fix. <laughs> Look, I know that, uh, you know, for some of these, you know, Tourette's and, and uh, I think there's some other uh, physical ailments, too, that doctors will use medically some of these drugs. So I'm not I'm not trying to make light of anybody's situation that needs to be on that. Uh, but I am making light of the fact that. Uh, it's kind of ironic that most of the people you see down there aren't. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But what is that? That's a dispensing of something. That's a distributing of something. You know what God has always been in the business of? All throughout the word of God. Is he's a dispenser of truth. God distributes out. He gives out. He divides out. He dispenses truth. God gives grace. He dispenses that out. God gives eternal life. He dispenses that out. God uh, gives light upon the earth. He dispenses that out. 
and we can go on and on. Dispensation or to dispense uh, or dispensations, the word, it can also mean a system of principles that are given out. For example, the Levitical law. For example, the New Testament and the gospel of the New Testament. We dispense that out to people. We distribute that truth to people. That is called dispensing. I'd like to address, though, a common teaching when it comes to uh, dispensational teaching. And that is, the common teaching is that a dispensation is a period of time. So I'd like to open this up a little bit. And it's commonly taught that there's a start time and there's an end time, a start point and an end point. While it is true that a dispensation has a starting point, I would argue tonight that when God dispenses truth, it's a far stretch to say that there's an ending point. And when we attach an end point to a dispensation, I believe that we come into some problems doctrinally, some doctrinal errors that could creep in. When does a dispensation in the Bible end? I believe biblically, when we look at the word and we try to understand it, we don't, and we're going to do that because the Bible uses that word four times. I would like to point out tonight, I'd like to show you from the Bible that we don't see an end point in mind. A dispensation is really just God distributing out truth, but that truth doesn't end. Reason I have to say that is because there are groups called hyper dispensationalists. Another term for hyper dispensationalists would be Paul only's. You ever heard of Paul onlyism? It's pretty much the same as hyper-dispensationalism. So they would teach that from the fall in the garden to the giving of the law, man was saved by faith. And then when that ended, from the giving of the law to the cross, man was saved by the law. And then from the cross to the rapture, man is now saved by faith. Then from the rapture through the tribulation, man is saved by faith and works. And then when the rapture, uh, when the tribulation ends, then into the millennial kingdom, man is saved by works. And so these hyper dispensationalists or these Paul only, they, they've got at least five ways of salvation throughout the Bible. Now, I will, I will add this. We do not have time to go through all this information. Um, but if you go on the website and go through all of our lessons on Matthew chapter 24 and all of our lessons on Matthew 25, that'll give you a good starting point of the seven-year time frame that's called Daniel's 70th week, uh, which would be that tribulation uh, that I spoke about. So let's get an understanding of well, what do you mean by the, but they're you know start and end points. God throughout the Bible 
has always saved people the same way, by grace. Mm -hmm. Through faith in the truth that God has dispensed out at that time. Does that make sense? We have a more sure word of prophecy. We have something that the Jews under the law didn't have. We have something that the folks in Acts 1 didn't have. Okay? But God saves by the same way, by his grace, by his grace. So let's go through the four times that dispensation is used in the Bible. And I think this will help to answer some, some questions. So let's get Ephesians. Where am I at? Ephesians chapter number three. Ephesians chapter number three. Ephesians chapter number three. Look at verse one. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. So God is telling Paul in these first few verses, go preach to the Gentiles, okay? If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you. Okay, we see that? Heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Now, verse 3, how that by revelation he may know unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed in his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Paul is told in the first two verses, you go tell the Gentiles. Verses three through six, this is what you're going to tell this is what I want you to tell. Verse number seven. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. God, by his grace, gave Paul what? He gave Paul the gift to be able to teach the gospel of the grace of God. That's what God gave Paul. He dispensed that to Paul. And then, therefore, that enabled Paul to be able to dispense that truth to the Gentiles. Everybody okay? So we make sense? You following okay? Verse number eight. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What did God what did God give Paul? He gave him the gift to be able to preach this. <laughs> he dispensed out to Paul something. So that he can dispense out to others something. He dispensed unto him the gift. And he tells Paul to dispense my gospel to those Gentiles. <clears throat> Verse number nine. 
and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the in intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. I'd submit to you tonight, this is not a time period. Mm -hmm. This in the context, it's happening in time, but it, the context isn't a time period. The context is God dispensed a gift. He distributed out a gift to Paul. And now Paul is distributing out the gospel. That's the dispensation. That's the dispensing. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Verse number 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Do you see anywhere in the context a time period? I don't. Do you see anywhere in the context an unknown truth that's being revealed now to Paul and he's going to have a different gospel? No, the context is easy. It says, preach the gospel, verse 18, uh, or preach not the gospel. It, the, the context is, woe unto me, and then the con uh, contrast with reward. Woe versus reward. Preach the gospel, preach not the gospel. Not a time period. The dispensation of the gospel. Let's look at that a little closer here. Slow down a bit. Verse number 17. It says a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. The doctrine of the gospel is not the dispensation. The responsibility to teach and preach the gospel is the dispensation. Something was committed unto Paul to dispense out. And that was the truth of the gospel. Does that make sense? He says... For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, when I dispense that out, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power. God said, I've given you power. God said, I gave you responsibility. God said, I gave you this charge to do what? 
make Christ known. That is specifically and exactly what God told Paul to do. Necessity is laid upon me. See that verse 16, look at the middle of the verse. Necessity is laid upon me. Then he says, uh, Right at the end of verse 18, I abuse not my power in the gospel. That's the power dispensed to, to Paul. God did not give Paul a brand new gospel to teach or preach. He, he distributed unto him the power to teach and preach the gospel. He didn't give them he didn't give them something. A new gospel that nobody else had. I'll go to Colossians 1. We'll circle back to that thought in a minute. But let's get our place in Colossians 1. We'll look at the third time dispensation is used in the Bible. Colossians chapter number 1. Look at verse number, number 23. If you, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature, which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Now, we're going to keep going, but I want you to look at this. Be not moved from what? What is Paul not to be moved from? Everybody see that in verse 23? The hope of the gospel. What does that mean? That means we better be careful about what we preach to this lost and dying world. We come in here and gather as saints. We learn about doctrine. We learn about, you know, false religions and, and, and try to guard ourselves from error. And God wants us to do that, too, by the way. But when we go out to this lost and dying world, the hope they have is the gospel. So Paul, he said, don't move from that. If you move from that, you got some social thing. you got some political thing. you got some club thing. But you don't have the hope of the gospel. So don't move from that. And then Paul was made something. What, what was Paul made? Look at the end of verse 23. He was made a minister. And it was a, he was made a minister to preach a gospel. Which, by the way, was preached. Before Acts 9, before the Damascus Road journey, that gospel was preached. As a matter of fact, he says in Romans 16, um, salute Adronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Paul is preaching the exact same gospel because he's saying he says in Romans, there were people in Christ before I was in Christ. It's not a new revelation, a new gospel that God only gave to Paul. 
Now we're going to be the Paul-only crowd. It's the same gospel. He's just been dispensed with the charge to go and make it known. Look at verse 27. Who's he going to uh, who's he going to make it known to to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. You got the hope of the gospel hope of glory verse number 27. And then look at verse 28 whom we preach. Warning every man. And teaching every man in all wisdom. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. God dispensed truth to Paul, so Paul can go out and dispense truth. And we need to be careful about taking dispensing or taking dispensations and changing the definition because when we start doing that, we can kind of come up with a lot of things. You can come up with anything you want. Look at Ephesians chapter number one. We'll try to. All the puzzle pieces will fit toward the end, but let's get Ephesians chapter number one. Ephesians chapter one. Look at verse number nine. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. That's all that God has done. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Look at, uh, look at verse number four. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Does it say anything about going anywhere? All those that are in Christ are predestined to be something. And he had predestinated that before the world. You're in Christ. You're predestined to be this. What? Holy and without blame before him in love. You don't have to ask me or yourself or anybody else how you should live your life. If you're a Christian and you're in Christ, God already preordained you. You should live holy <laughs> before him. There's nothing to pray about. If the activity you're doing isn't holy, don't do it. There's nothing to pray about. You are predestined to live a holy life. Look at verse 5. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. All of this here, this gathering together in one, all things in Christ, all of this truth 
coming together. It's pointing to Jesus Christ. Everything that God has dispensed out comes to fullness in the person of Christ. That's who we're pointing people to. The Lord Jesus Christ. We don't see time periods in Ephesians chapter 1. We only see the fullness of times. God's plan for the salvation of the world is this. Believers gathered in the Lord Jesus Christ. The fullness of the times. That's the plan. That's God's plan of salvation. Believers gathered in Christ. Let's get 2 Timothy chapter number 2. All right, stay with me. Stay with me here. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Look at verse number 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. First problem we run into with dispensations is we wrongly define it. I'd like to rightly define it. The second problem we run into is fair, it's failure to rightly divide the word of truth. Does the Bible tell us to rightly divide? There are divisions in the Bible. But where does the Bible say that divisions are dispensations? There are divisions in the Bible. There are time periods in the Bible. But I'm submitting tonight that we need to be careful that we don't make divisions dispensations and dispensations divisions. For example, Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at something real simple. And I'm going to ask you a question after we read the verse. In Genesis chapter 1, look at verse number 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. What did God dispense out in verse number 3? Light. Is there an end point to that? We still enjoy it. He dispensed out that light. There's not a division there. There's a dispensation of something. Look at verse 4. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light. From the darkness. That's a dividing. Okay. That's not a. Dispensation. That's a dividing. God dispensed something. And now God divided what he dispensed. Does it make sense? So. I, it might seem I'm, like I'm splitting hairs. But I believe it's important to understand. Dividing versus dispensation. Land was divided throughout the Bible. Spoils were divided throughout the Bible. Houses were divided throughout the Bible. Inheritances were divided throughout the Bible. All those divisions had nothing to do with dispensation. So understanding these words, Matthew 25, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Sheep and goats are divided. Different than a dispensation. On the flip side, God gave the nation of Israel the law. He dispensed out that law. There was no dividing. 
God gave each of us when we got saved the indwelt Holy Spirit. That was dispensed out to us. That was distributed to us. There was no dividing. Keep this in mind when you look at dispensational charts. I've got one here from uh, Humbert's Bible charts. Start dates and end dates, you know what they really make? Divisions. They should be called divisional charts. Not dispensational charts. If, to really get as biblically close as you can. They're dividing charts. Mm -hmm. And so typically when you look at any of these charts, you'll see, okay, uh, uh, innocence and then a line, which denotes mm -hmm. that stop. And then you'll have conscience and then you'll have a line that shows that stop. And then human government and then a line and that stops. And a promise and a line and that stops. And then a law and then you have a line and that stops. This develops a presupposition that the truth that God dispensed out has an endpoint. Because it's not a dispensation, it's a division. It's a division. Okay. This is fine. Law. Okay. And then crossed. There's a division there. That helps me. That's good. I get it. Does that, that make sense to you when you see that, right? However, did the law end? What does Galatians 3 said? Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. And this is why I'm saying we have to be careful that we define our words biblically because dispensations aren't divisions and divisions aren't dispensations. You say, well, the law started here and then, then the dispensation ended at the cross, except I still use the law and so do you when you witness to people. What do you do? You show the law so you can show them you can't keep the law. God dispensed that truth. That truth can still be used. It was dispensed out by God. It doesn't stop. There's a division. There's a dividing line. Yes. But that truth is still applicable. You know what's going to happen during the millennial kingdom? The law is going to be taught. <laughs> It doesn't end. We've got to be careful that we don't attach endpoints. Micah 4, it gives us that. Uh, and he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. We're not going to have. we got to be careful making dispensations, divisions and divisions, dispensations. The other problem is this. Who did God deal with? According to the law. The Jew. The Jew. The nation of Israel. It wasn't all of mankind. So. In the aspect of that thought. You have God dealing with. The Jews and another people. Dispensing two different things. During the same time. But that law, we still use it today. 
Is it fair to say? Yes. Exodus all the way up to the cross. What is the Bible emphasis on? God dealing with that nation. We, we get that, okay? And that's fair to say. That's biblical to say. And we should all understand that. Human government. When was that given? Before the law. Does it end? Well, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. It's a dividing line. It's a division. Not a dispensation where the time stops and now that truth is done away with. Let me ask you this. Does the church age end? Yes. At the rapture, we see a dividing line. And that makes sense on the chart. However, the church doesn't end. What do you think? We're going to stop being the body of Christ? <laughs> so we got to be careful. There's, there's divisions and then there's dispensations. We will always be part of Christ's body. So it's important to say this as we close. Yes. There are divisions in the Bible, but no, dispensations are not divisions. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.